When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some family met their fate And I learned to appreciate Any water that came my way For I knew at the time of all youth had slipped away And as the seasons change Across this mountain's landscape It's time to weather in the sun It's time to take refuge in the shade But my son, do not be afraid to turn the page
I'm falling down and I'm floating away from the only place that I ever found. Got the feeling that I ain't far from the ground. Ain't it funny how I do not feel the ground? I think maybe we will go into uh, one song that I like to recall because ultimately what we're trying to do with this project, Gleewood, is bring hope and inspiration to people to pursue creative endeavors was laid on their hearts because I believe we were all created to create. One of the people that inspired me to live life passionately and not be afraid to change with the seasons was my grandfather. And I got to record a song that I wrote that was inspired by our last conversation called A Fall Ballad. And it was written up in the mountains one autumn season. Me and my grandpa Joe were hanging out on the front porch watching the leaves change colors and fall off the trees. And uh, I was about 16 at the time. And my dad used to, you know, strongly encouraged me to go hang out with old Grandpa Joe, even though we didn't really get along all that well because I was a pretty stubborn teenager and he was kind of a mean old man. And one day, sitting out on that front porch, he kind of opened up just kind of randomly about things that he had been through when he was my age and um, his time in the war and in jail and, and, you know, raising his kids. And all of a sudden, you know, I started to see why Grandpa Joe was the way that he was and, you know, understand the things that his generation had to go through that mine just frankly had not had to endure. And he did more to bridge that generational gap in my life than maybe he ever knew. And he started speaking in a parable about the changing of the seasons and how they're going to come and go in our lives And that always resonated with me. And a few years later, when I started playing guitar, I I learned like three or four chords from playing, you know, Bob Dylan songs and whatever, you know. And so I used those three or four chords to write a song to his words the best that I could remember them. And that's that's a song called A Fall Ballad. I think we're still quite proud of that one and, and try to play that on as many stages as will allow such an intimate song. You know, it's my hope that that song lifts people's spirits and takes away a little bit of fear because we're always in a point of transition. You know, this whole life is one of constant transition and change. And fear is what can really hold us back from not enjoying that and riding that wave. We were designed to ride and get the most out of, you know, so. And where's your grandpa? Uh, he's passed. He passed, he's passed. Away? Yeah. How long yeah. ago? Uh, that would have been right after, right after that conversation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been 15 years ago. And so how soon after that did you write the song? About a year. And how quickly did you write it? Did it, like, was it, you started thinking about it after you passed away or did you? I think I wrote it more in a, in a poem uh-huh. and, um, you know, I was such a novice guitarist. I think I pretty much wrote the entire thing as kind of a poem idea and put chords to it later. It was one of the earlier songs that we wrote together. Callie helped, once I did put some music to it, Callie helped me kind of refine it with music. And so the majority of the lyrics happened in a day, 
you know, like they often do, you know, you kind of get that, that flow of consciousness and you just kind of roll with it. And then, you know, you end up with far more lyrics than you really need. And then you can kind of go through that later once you have the music. It's kind of how we work and kind of edit out, you know, what need not really be in the song or what doesn't really add to the story. So It had quite a long gestation period because we were playing it live, but we just didn't feel like we were nailing it good enough for an album, a recording. So a fall ballad made it on our second album, which is Sweet Sweet Time, even though it was written around the same time as all the songs from the first album that came out in late uh, 2014. And then Sweet Sweet Time was released in 2016. So it did take a while for that song to make it to the album. It took me a while to come up for the harmony part. Like Jet was saying, we were, we are, but we're very novice musicians. We knew we wanted to tell our story, tell other people's stories through music and Exactly. God was giving us these chances and these avenues to do it through, but we didn't really know what we were doing, you know? So it took us a little while. And then when we did finally get in the studio with it in Ruidoso, New Mexico, it really came together well. My dad ended up playing lead on it, oh, no which is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, in fact, he plays dueling lead with himself, basically. Wow. Uh, yeah. he, he laid down two different lead tracks that just were so cool the way they weaved in and out, one acoustic one, one electric one, right? And it, and it kind of reflects the lyrical yeah. conversation of an old man to a young man, mm-hmm. and he really harnessed that in his he did. musical. It starts off with a very soft acoustic intro, and then we bring the band in in the middle, and it kind of has um, a little bit of a reggae-type upbeat to it, but it's still very folk. And then we go back down to the acoustic to end the song, And that's something that we really feel passionate about with our songs, with each one that feels right, is kind of riding that, you know, you're up on the mountaintop and then you're down in the valley and you're up on the mountaintop. So there's a lot in almost all of our songs, there's a lot of that exchange where there's a build of energy and then we drop it down and we go soft and then we build it back up or we like to do that with our live shows. Hopefully it comes across that way. (laughs) That's, that would be ideal. And kind of speaking of those two voices, there is a whole songs that we're finishing writing and we'll be recording when we get back to Nashville. There's a whole other side to the negative, darker songs on Necromancer's Dream. There's a good side to superstition. There's a good side to a lot of the the darker songs on that one, Whiskey Leave Me Alone. And, yeah, we've kind of sitting on the redemption of Necromancer's Dream that we'll hopefully be able to finish recording in Nashville and release the following year is kind of the idea, almost as a part two. Mm-hmm. So how do you know when a song like this one that we're talking about is done? When I'm bored with it. No, no I, <laughs> um, I don't know. We've rewritten our songs a lot. And we actually continue to rewrite them almost every tour. We're like, hey, we should change this part or add a new musical section or make this part of the song a medley with another pop song or whatever. So we do a lot of rewrites continuously on our songs to keep it fresh for ourselves and fresh for you know our audience, people that are, have seen that song played live a number of times. You know, we like to bring something a little bit new 
to the table with it. And so a lot of our songs will always continue to evolve. And then there are certain songs that, you know, especially are in like the good, the bad, and the blues, Colorado Brew, Rock and Roll is Dead. There's certain songs like that that are in that shorter song format that just kind of have a beginning, a middle, a bridge, you know what I mean? Verse, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, vibe. And it just kind of, it is what it is. The song kind of tells you like, okay, Mm -hmm. like that's complete, it's done. I don't know, it just, sometimes the songs just kind of, they say, here I am, and you just let them be, you know? (laughs) And the first time you play it live is exactly how you play it over and over again live, and the audience reacts to it, and then you know it works, and that's it. I was actually just going to say that for me is sometimes the song will tell you, like, you're just like, you know what? There's nothing more I can say. There's nothing else. Or for me, there's nothing else this character is telling me. This is their song. This is their story. And then another part of that is the audience. If we play the song kind of rough on that weird, you know, you get when you're playing a new song live, you get this weird rush of adrenaline. You're like, okay, got to remember how I wrote this, I get to remember the lyrics. And if it can come across in that moment of kind of raw energy where you're like, oh shit, if it can come across and people react to it within that first playing, it's like, oh, cool. There's the song, you know, and you might go in and refine it a little bit, but even with Whiskey Sue, uh, Colorado Brew, Cisco Lights, Rock and Roll is Dead, within the first time of playing those songs, literally the first show, people were either up dancing, crying, or whatever it was, the emotion we were trying to evoke with those songs happened within the first time they were played. And that kind of seals their fate in a lot of ways, you know? And then some of them are just like, just constantly grinding them out. Like we really, there's a couple of songs that we we play alive, which are fun live. We've tried to get into the studio and record them and it just doesn't work. There's a song that we do not have released right now that will hopefully be on the follow-up album called The Last Ballad of Cynthia Chavez. And really inspired by, you know, kind of Marty Robbins style balladry. But we recorded a a scratch version of it and we've been sitting on it and performing it live, trying it out. And it just had that basic, you know, C, F major, G major, G7, turnaround, you know, back to C kind of vibe. And it was just too straightforward Western which is not exactly where we want to live, you know? And one day we were sitting in the RV rehearsing for a show that we we're going to play it at. And we're like, man, what if we just, what if we just move the chord around and, you know, C, D minor, F, you know, so it's still in C major, but then, you know, took the chorus to A sharp, which is kind of out of the key, but vocally you can open up so much more. It can be such a more, you know, dynamic song. And then all of a sudden we played it that way and we we're like, wow, what a whole, like, that's the way, you know, we'd already played the song live probably 30 times, but then, you know. That was the twist. And that twist stays there. I think it's going to stay. I think we'll probably record it that way, you know. So sometimes it just it takes that sitting on a song and reworking it. And, you know, you got to be able to be comfortable in your own skin. I do. I've got to be able to be in the character of the song when I'm playing it, you know? And I felt a little bit like an imposter when I was playing it, you know, the straight up Western ballad format. I felt this little bit of imposter syndrome. 
you know, which is not a good place to be on a stage, you know? You want to be you real. Need to, you need to be own You need to you own it. You got to be real. You want to be a real actor. You got <laughs> yeah. You want to be in the role and not... Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and then once we changed the chords a little bit and gave it a little bit different vibe, all of a sudden, okay, I can own that. It was our song. It was our song now, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.